0: Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share Pandapod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Panda Pod. Joined today with our usual host, Jacob and Wiggy.
2: Hey there. I like that you uh, had some questions about whether or not Wiggy's here. Or yeah, I don't know if why... You, if he is really Wiggy?
1: I called you Jacob, and I usually call you Rab, and that threw me off with the Wiggy thing. I was like, should I call Wiggy Justin? What should I do here?
0: I didn't... I didn't... It sounded like you didn't know... But Wiggy was like, <laughs> reading right. it off, like it you, like you were real. like you were reading it off a piece of paper, right? Yeah, like
1: what is this Wiggy? word? We're joined with Wiggy.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, we're also joined today by our very special guest, Casey stone. Hi there, Casey. How you doing, buddy?
3: Hello. I'm well, how are y'all doing? Good. Awesome.
1: All right. Well, Casey is a friend of mine from a spiritual community that we both share. Um, we're both fans of the comedian and spiritualist Jessa Reed, uh, and we are talking about our personal, like, everyday magic practices that we do at home. So, uh, for instance, uh, I get a lot, I've, I've gotten a lot of inspiration from seeing uh, the few posts that Casey's made about his altar setups. He's posted some pictures of his altar setups that I have really enjoyed, um, he's talked a bit about his you know ritual work that he does uh while he's at home so we wanted to break that stuff down yeah yeah um let's start with altar work casey tell me about what an altar means to you
3: so to me an altar is a place of worship or acknowledgement with intention um it's a pretty broad thing. Like a lot of people hear it off the cuff and would imagine, you know, the occult meaning of altar. They think, oh, it's going to be a pentagram in a circle and some weird writing on it. And it doesn't have to be that exactly. To you know, it's all about what your practice is and what an altar means to you and how you use it with intention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and coming from like a religious background.
3: Yeah, if you have a like a religious background idea of like say like the normal christian idea of an altar they have a table with candles and the bible and that's Mm -hmm. their altar um but say an occultist might think of an altar as a shelf that they have or maybe a table or just a place in their home where they have a candle and a place they can leave offerings um to whatever kind of energy or spirits they're working with
1: Yeah, right on. And what are some energies or spirits that you work with? Like, do you do deity work? Are you doing ancestral work? You know, do you mix things up? How do you, you know, use your altars?
3: Um, I like to go about altar work intuitively myself. I guess I, if I had to pick a label about how about I use magic, it would be like chaos magic in that, like, there's both life and death and chaos. Right. And then everything originates from there for me. So mm-hmm. I like to, I'm more of an energetic, um, paradigm model. And then I combine that with a meditation practice and plant medicine practice and combining those two just focus on conscious work. Um, so it's just, for me, it's about being aware of your own energy field. Um, being self aware of how your energy is flowing through you. Um, I like to, I guess I started work with the elements first for me, that was a big thing. Um, like fire, water, air, earth, spirit. And, um, and then once you kind of identify how those energies interact with us every day and, um, you get more of a personal connection with it.
2: So I have a question. Um, where did the idea for you to do this at all come from like how did it start because i mean i can't imagine myself i mean i can imagine myself now that i've had contact with it through jeff and stuff like that doing this type Mm -hmm. of thing right but um you know i mean i wouldn't just stumble upon this randomly i don't feel like
3: right so my genesis story uh kind of began when i was 13. um I was brought up religious. Uh, there was a church. I I grew up in a two street town in the middle of Indiana that had a church and a field granary or like a grain elevator. Um, so if you drove through it and blink, you'd miss it. But I rode my bike to church. I took myself to church. Like I always sought that out, like that spiritual connection. Um, but then I left the church. I started, you know, picking up on a lot of hypocrisy and things that just weren't adding up for me. Um, and so i kind of just sat out in my backyard one weekend on my hill looking into the sunset and i just decided to meditate one day on my own through my own volition i thought you know let's just let's just sit down and clear our head and then things just started coming to me and then after that and i don't even know how to explain it it was just i felt love i felt clarity connection and i felt like that's when I first made connection to my own higher self. Cool.
1: Yeah. Right on, man. Um, I kind of, we had a a similar origin, just more drawn out. I feel like Like I, I grew up religious as well. And I started realizing the hypocrisies and I left and like, I really shut down the spiritual side of me for a very long time. When I left the church, I was just like, Nope. I am atheist or I guess agnostic or if anybody really asked, like if I was having a good conversation with someone and they asked me what I believe and I told them I was just apathetic. Like I just didn't care, you know, mm-hmm. but I think deep down inside, I really did care. Um, and then, you know, for me, the, the plant medicine is what really brought me back around. Like I just had like a, an effable experience on plant meds that made me just so aware that there was more out there, that there was more going on than what I was like paying attention to on a daily basis. Um, but I mean, that is what like led me to my own personal meditation and the own realization of the power within myself. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I came around to it.
2: Yeah. That resonates with me as well.
3: Yeah. The plant medicine came later for me in life. Like after I was a teenager, I, joined the military. I did a year deployment in Iraq and came home from there. And I dealt with a lot of anxiety and, um, some PTSD stuff. And so learning how to deal with all that and manage it was like crucial. Um, so yeah, when the plant mess, it was, it was a big eye opener for me. It really leveled me out and brought some awareness to some things that I really shouldn't have been worried about and uh, changed a lot of my perspective.
0: Is that, is that something you can potentially go into a little more? I know, because I know that that's a a big thing at the moment, you know, soldiers coming back and having PTSD and, you know, plant, like plant medications and um, alternative, just alternative medications and things and and therapies in general, having a a really big impact. Is that something that you're comfortable speaking on?
3: Oh, for sure. Um, I'm really excited about all of the uh, psychedelic and nootropic research that's going into PTSD for veterans. It's, it's huge. Um, I know states like uh, Washington and Oregon are getting federal clearance for studies on these things, and it's showing the improvements in um, veterans of all kinds of strokes and walks, you know, I mean, from people surviving with Uh, just PTSD in general, or survivor's guilt, general anxiety, um, or even wounds that they, you know, had in combat. Um, Dealing with those things has been a lot easier for people who have looked into this kind of research. I think it has to do with a lot of the reconnective properties of things like psychedelic mushrooms, um, and not even psychedelic mushrooms, just plant, medicines in general like lion's mane mushroom or um turkey tail mm-hmm. chicken of the woods things like that the the medicinal properties of these things are really being i guess it's had the light sh- showing on it um by researchers like paul Stamets has been making big splashes in in these fields here recently and it's really exciting
1: yeah, agreed completely. I, I really have enjoyed the the research that I've looked into about like MDMA assisted therapy for for soldiers. That seems to be a uh, a really great pathway. I, I was listening to uh, an energy update from Jessa yesterday where she was talking about how she thinks or how she views the MDMA use um, and the way that it just opens up the serotonin flow and allows like all those emotions and you know just the clarity of emotion that you get on it um i think that's got a lot of a lot of good potential for for ptsd of all kinds not just soldiers
3: right yeah especially coming from a place like the military where the stigma exists that even acknowledging this problem is huge um I mean, I remember filling out my my post-appointment paperwork, you know, yeah. and they're like, how do you feel? And everybody around me is like, mm, just, don't, don't, don't mention that, you know, type of stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to be really honest about this because this is my health and I came back to my benefit later. So, but yeah, being honest about it is huge. I mean, that's, that's step one.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say just the general stigma of, of men you know opening up a little bit more and and being a little more honest with feelings you know like either it either sometimes we just block them off completely mm-hmm. um i joke that i have a switch where i can just turn my emotions off like a hundred percent um and my battle with using that as a as a a tool when now later on in life i have more trauma because i did that instead of dealing with what was going on in the moment and i it's it excites me that there's that we're coming up with things and and ways to deal with this with just men in general and how amazing these these i mean i'm going to call them are alternative medications even though they're essentially the original medications right right um and how they're helping helping men to be able to get through and experience and manage their their emotions and be able to move past trauma better
3: definitely and also in relating that to magic um you know once once i started working with from an energetic standpoint you started becoming aware of how much male and female energy is flowing through you, you know, at one time, and how an imbalance or out of balance it is, and and that that helped me balance a lot of things out.
0: Yeah, my I, I've got a, I've got one of my boobs is bigger than the other, and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's my feminine energy is coming out. Right. So
1: <laughs> your your winky tit contains all yeah, we, of your all feminine, my feminine energy. all your divine yeah. feminine leaks from your. Your winky tit. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know about leaks. It's never leaked yet, but I've also never been man-pregnant. Here's so hoping. He's just well, we'll he's storing Yeah, well, here's hoping one day I get man-pregnant. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm storing that energy for later use yet.
1: <laughs> uh, right on. Well, um, let's go back to altar work real quick. Uh, what, what's your current altar setup, or do you have a, an altar at the moment?
3: Okay, so I use a late 60s PV tube amp like an amplifier, guitar amplifier, as my table. And then I have a wooden pedestal uh, altar on top of that that has the five elements inscribed in runic writing. Um, and then I use crystals or um, shape stones that I correlate energies with to use... A, I use a bit of spoon theory where I charge crystals and I carry them with me in a mojo bag every day. And if I need some of that energy, then I kind of use it from there. Okay, and yeah, what is Spoon Theory? What is that? So Spoon Theory, as I understand it, um, or how I use it, it's the idea that people, like neuro, a lot of neurodivergent people, understand that they only have so much energy to use throughout the day. So if you think about it like a video game character's mana bar, right? Like, divided into slots. Like, you only get so many slots throughout the day, and you don't want to overextend yourself, or you're going to, you know, right. reach that detrimental point. So um it's kind of like that like if you think that you need that energy throughout the day it's there and it reminds you to not overdo it throughout the day
1: what do you know why it's called spoon theory because it's like you're spoon feeding it throughout the day is the idea
3: i honestly think it was because someone that developed it actually carried spoons around and i knew somebody that did this uh in school (laughs) in middle school and high school they legit did this uh his nickname was spoon and he carried spoons in a briefcase and it was super impressive and now that i think about it back, i was like man he ha- he was way ahead of us all <laughs> like 20 years ago that guy had it figured out um but yeah he literally carried white plastic spoons yeah and every time he had to i don't know use his spoon energy he would burn a spoon somehow i don't know
0: it's i don't feel a, i don't feel as bad about wearing jinkos anymore what i was well, was in, in high school yeah at least you weren't carrying
1: around a, a briefcase of spoons <laughs> yeah yeah I
0: this think was so.
3: definitely during that period i'm pretty sure he wore the jean coats too <laughs>
1: yeah oh, oh yeah. of course he
0: did of course he did yeah definitely. i i relate to that
1: yeah
2: well if you're out I there spoons thank you for
1: imparting your wisdom on stones to
2: share with us today i wonder if he inspired the song spoon man
3: i think that was pre <laughs> spoons yeah Unfortunately, that was in the early 90s. Maybe he inspired him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't want to be the spoon man without a spoon.
1: So you have uh, your altar set up, and then what do you do with your altar? Like, how do you use that?
3: So I use my altar anytime I want to do, like, ancestral work or address any spirits for divination or to invoke or evoke energy. Um, It kind of depends on what type of ritual or working you want to do um i set mine up with a candle on the left side i use incense as uh offerings and i keep that on the right side and then i have a i have a small cauldron that i use for a, um incinerating canister so if there's something that you need to sigilize or um incinerate a working you can put it in there safely and burn it you know um and do that and then I have a cup for water offering and that's about it.
1: Yeah, right on. My setup is I I usually have um depending on what energy I'm working with, I'll I'll pull uh some tarot cards based on you know the energies I'm trying to pull in. Like my right now I've got a, a setup with three tarot cards. I've got the devil, uh death, and the high priestess on my altar. Um, And the idea behind that was there was a kind of weird interaction that someone I love was having with someone else that had to do with, you know, needing to, you know, both parties involved needing to, you know, shed ideas about each other and um, also like shed their own personal masks. So the shedding ideas about each other was the death card the shedding ideas and, and ways they view themselves was the devil. And then the high priestess represented the two people involved. Um, and so I was like burning a candle along with that. Uh, and I've also got um, a couple of spell jars that I've built uh, and some some moon water, uh, which it's a full moon tonight, by the way. So yes, anybody who doesn't have their moon water, set out a jar of water and, and get that water charged up. Definitely, man.
0: These full moons are are making me crazy. Well, this one in so, particular,
1: full moon in Gemini is rough. Like it's like,
0: just a, a lot of, it. yeah.
1: Like just dealing energy.
0: Dealing with people during a full full moon is is just. It, it makes for a really rough day for me because everybody. It seems like everybody around me, other than me, is insane like everybody's got a problem with something everybody's like on edge everybody's a little more irritable like just around me and I found this every time there's a full moon for like the past like 10 years I've been witnessing this right
3: Yeah, it's a cycle I hate it I hate it so much definitely a natural cycle I mean that's one another thing that working with magic has made me aware of is working with the natural cycles of you know our biosphere we call home. You know, we have the moon, we have the sun and it comes up and down every day and they both have different energies. And that's another daily practice I do is thanking the sun when it rises, you know, thanking it for its warmth and its light on my path. And when the moon sets, I like to think, you know, actually I'm walking into work normally when the moon's getting ready to go down. So I usually like to thank it for guiding me through my dreams, um, for helping me regulate my emotions and, uh, but, yeah, the lunar energy has been super strong, like, the past three days. Like, even if you just look up at the moon, like, normally it's got a little blue ring. Like, it's, like, had a halo DJ effect behind it for about three days now. So, yeah, the energy has <laughs> been super strong.
1: Yeah, and so moon water in particular, I love to to do every couple of – well, every month. Um, on the full moon, I'll set out a jar of of water outside just where I know the, the moon will shine on it. and I've had some people ask me, you know, why do I do that in the past? You know, what do I expect the moon to do there? And I don't know that it's I expect the moon to do anything as much as it is the intentionality behind what I'm doing with it, like intentionally putting that water out and then using that water in ritual work over the next two weeks between the, the full moon and the new moon. Um, and then on the new moon, you know, reflecting on that ritual work and you know how I developed as a, a part of that i just feel like the intentionality of it is really for me intentionality is is magic
3: i think intention is Mm -hmm. our sub you know it's our subconscious keel like it keeps us on the path um and even if it doesn't keep us on the path it definitely keeps us where we're going or where we think the path is at the time um but however you approach whether it be ancestral spirit work or energy work, it, it's 100%. I mean, it's like when you take the time to reduce the interference that, you know, through programming and trauma and things that we all have in the front of our minds, when we get to that quiet place inside, that quiet inner self that isn't worried about returning emails or, you know, letting the dog out or, man, did I water the plants today? Just the quiet, just letting everything be still. And approaching it with intention. Like, it's, there's of course a certain level to be set up, or something to be said about, fuck around and find out. Like, that's definitely a way to go about it. And I, I'm here for that. But <laughs> I would say that the sure. most effective way um, about going about it is to approach things with a clear intention.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. We, to what you're asking about, yeah the way I view intention and magic is when you're doing magic work, you put an intention in your mind for me. Anyway, what I'll do is I'll have an intention and then I want to embody that intention in some way. Um, And oftentimes that involves my altar, you know, and the ritual work that I do at the altar, you know? And so in my opinion, Anyone's capable of doing, you know, manifestation work and magic, as long as they have the in the like deliberate intention of doing it. I, I consider it like a knowledge hazard almost. If you guys are familiar with that idea, um, like mm-hmm. my ex-wife Sarah, she was really into magic, and I. I couldn't really understand what she was doing at the time. And we've had talks about it since we've left each other. And like, I've really come to an understanding of what it is she was trying to do. Um, but like what she was doing didn't really seem to be having any effect on me. Um, like she would tell me about the like spell work or ritual work she was doing. And I was like, okay, that's great. You know, that's, I'm not seeing any, any reflection of what you're doing in the world. So it must not be real um but later on after our divorce i met another witch and i was talking to her and i was like can you tell me like why i haven't ever really seen any any effect from the work i've seen other witches do and she's like yeah because you don't believe in it like the the secret to a curse or to magic in general is if you don't believe in it it's not going to work you know, and I know that mm-hmm. sounds counterintuitive. It makes it sound like I'm saying that you know, you just have to make it up in your head or whatever. But I mean, the truth <laughs> of the matter is, if let's say, oh, someone puts a curse on you, that curse isn't going to have an effect on you if you don't believe it's real. Like, let's the, be completely, let's be completely honest.
0: There's no difference between that and religion.
1: No, there's there's really not. Like, and I think religion is like some of the most ancient magic. Mm-hmm. You know yeah i, I, I would agree that, with that i think that brings pertinence um,
3: to the saying that ignorance is well bliss. i go a
2: step further and say that
1: right yeah that's the yeah. knowledge hazard part of it as soon as you're made aware of some of 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 it and you you take the time to like investigate it and decide you're going to believe in it that is the point in which it starts affecting you that's the knowledge hazard part of it
3: mm-hmm. kind of the observer effect
2: i was going to say um I don't I don't feel like there's a huge difference between um, that and like western medicine in a way like obviously if somebody has to amputate your arm
3: as far like as like that, the placebo effect
2: you could see what happened afterwards and there's no disputing it right
3: right um mm-hmm.
2: but like if if you truly don't believe that the chemotherapy is going to work like it probably isn't right I mean,
3: i vibe with that, yeah. Like,
1: the placebo effect exists for a reason. You know, our bodies are capable of doing a lot if we believe they are able to do it.
3: I think the body definitely does have the ability to heal itself. There's these re- regenerative energies, I think, you know, that come from the Earth itself, even, like, I think it has to do with a lot of kind of what Tesla was pointing at, um... These natural resonances, these energies that exist from around us is something that we can interact with through like our own personal Taurus field and and heal ourselves with it. In my opinion, anyway, from an energetic standpoint, like
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. You know, there's a there's a reason why monks, like Buddhist monks, tend to live so long. Right. <laughs> like, right. like there's a, there's a reason why, why people who are really, really healthy and live to be, you know, over a hundred years old, they're, they're, they're very
3: joyful. Definitely. You yeah. know,
0: they may not be very, be very quick anymore, but they're very happy people. Um, and so I can see why, how just the general energies that you surround yourself with in life and and you know you surround yourself with happiness and joy and and how that can have a profound impact on your body in general um,
3: definitely and
0: and potentially make you even live longer
3: mm-hmm. i don't know yeah those those monks they'd be kicking around the himalayas for you know used to be hundreds of years um but I think that speaks a lot to, like, the hermetic wisdom of, uh you know, when we die, our heart is weighed against a feather, and whichever is heavier, you know, says whether or not we lived a happy life or not.
0: I really like that. I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard that before. I really like that idea.
1: With the heart being weighed against a feather? Mm-hmm. Have you seen... um Oh, what was that Marvel show that came out recently? They did a really good job of depicting that. Moon Knight? Moon Knight. Was that Oh, yeah, Moon Knight was a thing. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes yeah. perfect sense
2: that it'd be Moon Knight. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I haven't maybe. seen that
1: one. It was really good. They, they have this whole, like, three or four episodes where they're basically just talking about entering the afterlife and the whole, like, weighing your heart versus a feather thing. And, and like coming to grips with your own flaws and your own,
3: um, regrets.
1: But, well, in this case he had split personalities, so it's, I guess oh, it's right. a bad kind of analogy because it was about working with both people, but right. anyway, anyway. Yeah. So I did want to also talk about, uh, like what kind of ritual work, um, you actively do. Uh, so, you know we we have the altar set up what kind of rituals do you do on like a you know a daily or weekly basis or even on your month cycles like what are you doing to you know harness those energies for yourself
3: so for me my i'm still kind of a baby witch when it comes to ritual magic um so for me it's really just been about the meditation practice but as far as ritual work um i'm with uh i like to do like on the fly ritual work, does that make sense like kind of yeah, I don't know well, just healing work where it needs to be done, if you feel it needs to be done, or if you just feel like I don't know about ritual work, like I guess I think of it more of see for me, like the ritual is the act of using the energy, right, so when i I have I have a handmade leather bag that I carry that I carry some crystals in that i like to you know use spoon theory from to use magic through so if i find a if i find myself in a place where i can like combine elemental energy to fix a situation then i kind of do it right there if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think some examples um something real simple recently or within the past few months like i was driving um i had something in the back of my car that was kind of trying to flap out you know and fly out behind me out of my truck bed thing and there was a car behind me and the only thing i was worried about that i could just see in my head was that thing coming out and like flapping over the windshield and causing them to wreck and i was so i was worried about their safety right and i just did this intentional thing where i just i thought about water I thought about making it heavy and wet. And then I thought about earth and the grounding pull of earth to just pull it down and hold it there. And it did it. And it stayed there for 20 more minutes and never flew out of my bed. So did it work? I guess it did. It could have been coincidence. Could have been coincidence. We'll never know. <laughs> but that's just how I use it. That's It's just situational like that.
0: Love that, I mean, man. It makes me it makes me think of you as a, a practical magician.
3: That's what I like to think. Like, not so much... An alchemist. Like, An en- energetic alchemist, I guess, is a good categorical phrase. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool. I love that, man. Thank you. Um, A lot of times when I'll get, like, a phone call or a text from someone and, like, there's a, a situation with, like, some urgency or some panic or something like that, in those moments, that's when I'll, like... Stop, do a little meditation, get myself centered, feel that energy inside myself. And then, you know, I really enjoy doing just like sigil work on the fly, you know, mm-hmm. quickly drawing up a sigil, burning it at my altar real quick and spending a couple minutes just like intentionally sending, you know, whatever vibes or energy that person needs at that moment to them you know it, who knows if it's really doing anything maybe it's just making me feel better in those situations but either way i feel like i, I get good feedback from it you know like later on i'll talk to people and I'll be like hey how's that situation you know, like man after i talked to you i just felt so much better or you know blah 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 happened for and sure who knows whether i had any influence on that really but at least i took the time to to put my intentions and energies out there for those people you know
3: Definitely. Yeah. Same. And, and
2: I think that's a good time um, to do my usual um, like, uh, skeptic's disclaimer. And it's not really a skeptic's disclaimer. It's like why this should matter, even if you're a skeptic, you know? Because, I mean, what Jeff described, he's um, talking to somebody on the phone, and likely he already knows when having that conversation that he's going to go and focus on that person and, you know, attempt to send them healing energy. Um, and I mean, something in their subconscious surely must be able to detect that in his voice. So, in in a way, it has to do something, right? I mean, it's almost indisputable. Well, even if it,
0: well, even if it just gives Jeff more confidence to be himself, it, it changes the interaction that he has has with the other person. So That's even if, true. so yeah. even if, yeah. so even if it doesn't actually may or may not affect the other person it affects him in which we all affect each other so i mean you could say that yeah it definitely does do something but i think it goes back to that like you have to believe that it's going to otherwise it wouldn't do anything
2: sure
1: there are also just a lot of interactions and times with people where i feel like i can't have a like realistic physical impact on them or, or even like an immediate emotional impact on them that they might need that just letting them know, Hey, I'm going to burn a candle for you. You know, it, it just lets them know that they've got somebody on their side, somebody who's wishing them well, you know, like I have a friend who the other day had to go to a doctor's appointment. That they were really nervous about I was like, Hey, you know, what time are you going? They told me what time I said, okay, you know, Shoot me a text before you leave. I'm going to light a candle for you. I'm going to spend some time thinking about you and just sending you, you know, positive energy and good vibes. And it's very thoughts and prayer-y in a lot of ways, which isn't great. But, what else can you do in those situations? You know, this person I was talking to is hundreds of miles away from me and I just want them to know that I'm thinking about them and I want them to be happy and well, you know, it's just, that's me finding ways to take the time in my life to do that for those people.
2: You know. I guess in my uh, imagining of it I didn't even think you were telling them right like even if you I feel like even Oh if yeah you didn't sometimes tell somebody, I don't yeah um they I still feel like they can they should be able to sense that that's the way you're feeling when you're on the phone with mm-hmm. them that you're calm that you are going to do, you know you're going to do something about it not that that necessarily is going to solve their problem but you know you're they they I feel like they can sense in your voice and even if they don't consciously acknowledge it something is aware
0: have you have you what do you say instead of like thoughts and prayers now do you say like thoughts and sigils or like uh, what is your... <laughs> no
1: i i really do think when i say that i'm sending good vibes to people that it feels a lot like i'm saying thoughts and prayers kind of thing you know like well i'm sending good vibes or i'm sending loving vibes or i'm sending grounding vibes for you in this time you know it i think it's a very similar sentiment but people know when I say it that there's actual practice behind it and that feels nice, I guess, you know?
3: Right. Mine's blessings be, I feel like that's, it works on both ends. Like we're, we're leaving it open for blessings to occur on your end and my end, but we're just hoping for good things.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. And then the other person says, uh, and with you, right?
1: (laughs) Sure. Right. (laughs) So another thing I wanted to talk about today, Casey, and this is something that you brought up when I mentioned that I wanted to have you on was the idea of like kitchen magic. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't realize this, but they, they probably have like a grimoire of some sort in their kitchen or around their kitchen. That's been handed down from generation to generation. And it's called a recipe book, <laughs> Yes, you know? like in my opinion, uh, recipes that have been passed down from generations or even recipes that you go and find online that other people have taken the time to put together and like test out and, and, and put out into the world are, are very much, in my opinion, you know, it, it's spell work. It's, it's alchemy. It's turning all of these different ingredients into one, you know, nourishing, you know, pot of stew or what have you. That with the intention of, you know, nourishing a body and oftentimes, you know, different kind of benefits from that nourishment, you know, like a, a good soup of, or a good pot of, of chicken soup that your grandma, you know, learned how to make over the years because, you know, these ingredients were what was healing their children when they were sick. You know, that's totally that's magic work, in my opinion.
3: Totally agree. So yeah, I would like to qualify all of that first off with a statement that, and I'm going to give credit to Chance Garden from Interverse Podcast on this because that's where I learned it, but spelling is creating a spell. That's how we create spells. by That's why they call it spelling. So your recipe book mm-hmm. is a list of ingredients for spells to feed and nourish your body for sure. Um And on top of that, you have to add medicines that have been passed down with food like combining ginger and lemon and citruses and honey and then letting it, you know, sit in your windowsill and then sit in your cooler. And then you just kind of grab a little bit of that and put it in some hot water and you've got, you know, kind of a cure all Um, these apothecary cures that have been handed down for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um, people are doing it every day and probably aren't even really aware of it. Uh, If you think about the prayers that even regular Christian people do before dinner, that's energy that you're asking to be blessed into the food you're about to consume, um, by their God or their deity. So yeah, kitchen magic to me is big. Um, just, I think it brings a level of, of awareness again to that, how we interact with that energy every day. Even if it's just making your cup of coffee, mm-hmm. maybe you have like a, a special spoon that you use or to like get the coffee out or something or and you make a ritual of I'm asking for this energy today to get me through the challenges that I'm going to go through. And I'm asking for the best outcome and thinking, you know, the ingredients, the plants that are in it and and consuming it and that in itself is a ritual. I really like yes, that.
1: Man. Hearing you talk about that it just gave me a thought about how like every morning I watch Elia, like I'm laying in bed while Elia is getting ready for work in the morning. And like, she will specifically pick out like a specific print of, of underwear that match her vibe for the day that she's feeling when she first wakes up. And I'm realizing now that I do the same thing with a coffee cup. When I go to make my coffee in the morning, I'm like, okay, which one of these cups has, is going to give me the vibe that I'm looking for, you know? And and so that's it, kind of like the specific spoon thing that you're talking about. You know, like I, I, it's the intentionality of like, okay, this Scorpio cup that I love is the energy I need for today because I'm going to pull in that Scorpionic, you know, energy with this coffee and, and get to work using it.
3: All right, well, that makes me feel seen because I do both with the underwear and the coffee cup, so that works out. That that checks out for me.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that makes me wonder, Is does that mean that fast food is just, like, a bunch of curse factories?
1: It's not curse <laughs> yeah. factories, but it is a lot of just unintentional consumption. And It's the same thing with, like, a frozen bag of fries or something in your fridge, you know? Like, yeah, it's going to feed you, but... You
0: intentionally no
1: intention.
0: get those fries out the fridge and put them in the air fryer. Like, that's with intention.
1: Right, like, but I mean... <laughs> It's it's food, but I I don't think it's substance, you know, like whereas if I were to sit down with some potatoes and cut them up and, you know, cook them on the stove, it's going to be the same ingredients, but I don't know. It's going to be more intentionally built for me in that moment, as opposed to the cheeseburger I got at McDonald's that took five seconds for someone to slap together, you know? I, Maybe I they're think,
0: a, and they're in a bad mood, right? Like, they're definitely in a bad yeah. mood. And, I, right. and
1: those cows probably weren't in the best mood either. You know what I mean? Right. I I, I think it goes all the way back to that as well. Like, the, the energies you're getting from the, the meat that you're consuming and how they were raised and dispatched in this life, I think that does matter, honestly.
3: I think it definitely has something to do with it. But also, don't judge yourself too hard because... Anything in balance is okay as long as you're not overindulging. Like, you know, all things are good in balance.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: Like, so, you know, if you would abstain from the McDonald's French fries and cheeseburger until you, you know, maybe had a few drinks at dinner and it got kind of late and you think, man. What my body needs right now is a greasy cheeseburger, and I'm going to feel a lot better. And sometimes, you know that's, the there. That's, sometimes <laughs> that's the medicine. That's true.
0: Sometimes that's the medicine. If we're going to be honest, I literally told my wife right before we started we started the podcast today. I was like, I was like, so what are we doing for dinner? And she's like, I don't want to cook anything. Like she's been yeah. exhausted the past couple days. I had this to do, so I didn't have time to cook. And I was like, you know what? I really want some double cheeseburgers and some fries. So let's get some McDonald's. Like that just happened. So nice. I'm a little Great. I am feeling a little cursed at the moment. I'm a little extra tired. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've got that that after Thanksgiving sleepy feel at the moment, but I don't think it's a good one.
3: Mm, I feel that. Yeah, it's definitely holidays are energetically taxing for everyone for sure yo for real yeah but yeah i've been doing the same thing i've been you know mixing in the leftovers yeah
1: i'm real tired of turkey and stuffing i love turkey and stuffing like they're some of my favorite foods but i've eaten some of it over the last Mm -hmm. four days i'm just like go away turkey
0: i'm just gonna start making since i'm I know, I know, I didn't follow that diet today, but I am on a new diet. I think I'm just going to start making my own turkey. Um, there you go. Because you're 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 tired of it, but that's all I want is turkey.
3: I don't get it a lot, so I crave it around the holidays.
0: Yeah, I don't. Before, very, very lately, i never ate turkey. Like maybe on Thanksgiving, I'd have a little turkey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now I'm having it all the time.
3: It's pretty good for you. My dad has one thing that I did want to ask you
0: about. um, Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you about is um, so we've talked a bit about meditation, right? Um, Did have you developed your own style of meditation, or have you done lots of research and and kind of picked like a specific version of of a more widely popular a uh, way to meditate or how, how has that, how has that worked for you?
3: So when I started meditating recently, like within my adult years, um, I did do some research into, you know, different forms of meditation and different breath work, um, different breathing patterns. And I kind of, I did, I found, uh, actually found a podcast that I like called, uh, the nickel city mystic. actually shout out to him. um, and I started with his breath work, energetic balancing meditation every day. And then I think that was that was kind of the training wheels that I needed to, to really get going to just do it myself without any guidance or anything. Because I kind of got to the point where I felt like the guided meditation was limiting me a little bit. Because it was like, okay, you're used to this pre-programmed way of doing it, but you're not leaving yourself open to expand on it. It's kind of to the point where I got but that was definitely a good starting step for me.
0: Yeah, that's it's really interesting take cuz some people dedicate their entire lives to a, a specific way of doing it, right? Um and they don't they don't sway from the pre-designed like mantras, right? Um sim- similarly I started off when, when I started doing research, I got really into Zen Buddhism um, and uh, specifically focus, focusing on, on Zen meditation. Um, mm. And, and what I came to learn is I think the different versions of meditation that are out there can help you tap into different things. Like Zen helps me when I'm angry Right Mm -hmm. allows me to like calm myself down and recenter. Um but with 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 what you're talking about is more of like the very specific breath work, um which can which is which I would I would think is more like body holistic um base, right? Like like what you're talking about. Like now you've gotten to the point where you can do that without thinking about it, so that you can explore more.
3: Right. right. Yeah. It. I guess it's kind of. I guess it's more the way I do it is more related to like qigong with the breath work, but I definitely vibe with the Zen Buddhism and the centering aspect. That's definitely one of the things I do first, and then interacting. So, like when I meditate, and I my daily practice is more or less bringing myself to a place of stillness, calmness, and inner awareness, and, you know, shutting down my frontal lobe and just being in a relaxed state. Um, And once I'm in that state, I can focus on my energy centers. So I I kind of focus on, like, the root through the crown, bringing them into alignment, um, clearing any energy blockages, and making sure that there's flow between those energy centers, and uh, just bringing my energy into alignment so that i can you know walk my path the best way i can that day
0: really awesome to hear it's motivating it's motivating
3: i'm glad i think that's why we're all out here to connect to each other and raise this
1: yeah for sure and like i feel like the more i do group meditation with other people like the more i learn as well and oftentimes i find that it's Me learning that the things I do in my own private practice, like in my own like spare time, breathwork in particular, like I didn't really do a lot of research on how to like do breathwork meditation and it it just kind of came naturally to me, like what I do. And I find that when I'm doing group meditation with people and they start describing, you know, the practices they picked up and they're doing, I'm like, oh, I already do that. That's dope. You know, it's cool that other people have been doing that. And it's like confirming to me that, you know, what I'm doing, because like it, there will be times where I feel silly in some of my private practice, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'm like, OK, I'm sitting here and I'm focusing my energy on, you know, my my heart you know, my heart space right now and, and moving that to, you know, my root or my throat or wherever it needs to be. And like discovering that other people were doing those similar things based on, you know, practices they learned from, you know, other teachers. It, it just felt like good, fun confirmation for me. Like, okay, I'm on the right path here. It, there's more to learn, but you know, the the intuitive part of me that started doing these things, you know, obviously, it's it's a human thing inside of me that other people have learned as well, and it's it's worth exploring more. I don't know. It feels Definitely. nice to have that confirmation.
3: Definitely, uh, and I think that brings a good point to how important um, community is, um, and like these validating, you know, conversations we get to have with each other about these experiences. Uh, I think that's super important, and like people in the Discord that we're involved with, and jessa reed's aod community those things are super important and i think as that evolves it's gonna it's gonna be good for growth
1: yeah agreed completely and and obviously you're a part of like the bigger community stuff that we're trying to build out there um like the more like intentional uh physical community that that we're trying to put together you know getting people in one specific spot to you know live together with intention and and yeah who knows what that's gonna look like in the end?
3: I'm super excited about it for sure. Independent living is freedom. yeah, I'm ready for it. I think we all are
1: and like getting all of the the different people and the different energies together um and feeling those different energies when we're all talking about it and things like that. I don't know, it's very inspiring and you know it it just reminds me that we're all a part of this like learning life experience together and that the more we can share with each other and the more that we can, you know, rely on each other for, you know, that alchemical energy work that you just can't do on your own, you know, the, the processing, of you know trauma and things like that that yeah you can do it on your own that's not fair because you totally can't do it on your own but it's so lonely to do it on your own and you don't have to. Do it on your own, <laughs> it can't be you know
3: yeah yeah those dark nights of the soul they get rocky and you know yeah community's a big big leg to stand on like there's something to be said about sovereignty but you know we're still humans
1: Yeah. And I know a couple of like really lonely witches that I've met over the years, and their practices look so different than the practices that I I see in our community of little magical people. Like, they're not as um, somber and dark, I guess. Like, I feel like there's something about doing magic alone uh, that leads you down this path of oh, this is secret, and oh, this is, you know, no one else knows this. There's like a gatekeepiness to mm. those like smaller, you know, personal witches that they, they don't want you to know their little secrets. Whereas right. when you get into a community the culting like of 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 the information, of, it's all about sharing what we're finding. Yes. Yeah.
3: Right. No it goes back to intention.
0: If If I wasn't older and married, I wouldn't, after hearing this, let see, see, I'm a very curious person. Um, and so I would, I think I might try to seduce those witches for their secrets. <laughs> I think, I think that's what I would do with my life right now. If I wasn't having here, having heard that, I think that's what I would do with my life right now.
1: You know what? Those witches would eat you alive. <laughs>
2: Those witches have definitely put spells in place to protect themselves from you.
0: Nobody sees me coming. You know that better than anybody. <laughs> nobody nobody sees me coming. And they're not prepared for Wiggy. Yeah, <laughs> Wiggy is
1: chaos magic incarnate. Yeah. Nobody can predict love what it. he's trying to do. I love it. Well, right on. Is there anything else you wanted to cover today, Casey? Anything on your heart that you wanted to share?
3: Um, I just had one thing that came to me earlier today that I wanted to leave everybody with and it was a saying that goes art is us listening to the universe and magic is the universe listening to us I like that nice and that's it Thank you, know, you so I much I'm going to
0: say something on that real quick mm-hmm. yeah Thank yeah thanks for being around um Coming on, we we really appreciate it. Um, I want to say something on that real quick before we go. Um So <clears throat> I'm not an artist in in almost any way. <laughs> I have no creative creativeness in me, it, as much as I try to like get that out. And uh, we had a uh, a ceremony on Saturday for uh a nephew that i lost um well that the family lost i'm not trying to own that situation um but uh, essentially the the baby didn't last long um after it was born and we had like a little ceremony on saturday and so i'm getting ready and i'm in the shower and like i'm not really thinking about anything like i'm just kind of like just taking a shower and all of a sudden, an, an entire poem came to me. <laughs> um, oh wow. that that I said that day. And and uh, like I said, I don't I'm not, I'm just not artistic. And but I wasn't thinking about anything, I think was the key, right? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden that just came to me. And it meant a lot to my sister-in-law. Um that those those words resonated with her and she wanted like a copy of what i had said of what i had written down That's um, beautiful and it meant a lot to her and, and so so to back up your claim you know and that saying of you know at least the first part of it of you know you have to be open to the world for the art to come to you i think i think that definitely holds me because i had never had a situation like that before that's amazing. Uh, but like I said I wasn't thinking about anything, right? Like I was just completely like okay, it's time for shampoo, right? Like <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything. So that's really amazing. That I think that that resonates with me.
3: I'm so glad that's when spirit knows that you're able to receive that, I think, you know, when when your intent is the cleanest to to get the message in those quiet times.
1: Right. That's the beauty of meditation is just emptying your head and seeing what comes in. You know, I i know mm-hmm. that a lot of my favorite writing I've done, you know, immediately after after meditating, I think in particular, like one poem I wrote when I was in the Rockies, just sitting, staring at some mountains and trying to clear my mind. And yeah, divine inspiration is interesting. And I think that's what you experienced there, man.
0: Yeah, well, it, they it's a it's a very religious family, right? So a lot of a lot of the the religious people are like, you know, that's like that's God talking through you and stuff, you know. And it, to me, I really like on the same vein. I I kind of believe in and and I I don't take everything that Joe Rogan says as like any kind of gospel, right? He's a comedian. He's not like a like some kind of fact scientist right right (laughs) but but as being an artist you know he's open to this idea of 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 the muse right Mm -hmm. and i I really take to that idea of like and and the way he describes it is you know he sits down with intention to write you know and he writes stuff and then eventually some of that stuff it it either comes to him or it doesn't come to him right and he's not an artist that puts out like a new comedy special every year or every two years he's more on like a five to six year cycle or seven year cycle with his with his stand-up routines right so it takes time but the stuff does come to it right um and that's what to me that's what i think i experienced i don't think it was like specifically like one god or another god or whatever I, i i definitely think it's more of a an energy muse like maybe even ancestor type thing, right? Like that's that's kind of how I experienced that. And then I don't think that came from some kind of like worded spirituality. But right.
3: definitely. I definitely resonate yeah. with that for sure. All
1: right. Well Casey, thank you so much for being on today with this man. Do you have any socials or anything you want to plug? Any any spiritual practices out there that you're actively you know, selling services for?
3: I'm not doing that currently. Uh, but if anybody wants to follow my Instagram, it's underscore uh, bones, underscore of, underscore stones, underscore. Um, you can follow me there. And that's it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to come uh, commune with y'all.
1: Yeah, man. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for coming and sharing your your practices with us and your views on things. I, I love sitting down and talking to you every time that we talk, I, I learned something new, man. I, I really appreciate having you in my life.
3: Same. I appreciate that brother.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: Well, we will catch you on the next episode of the Panda pod. Thank you everyone for listening.
2: Bye. Bye.